Hello, PolyAm fam, and welcome to Talk Your Poly Off, presented by ilovepoly.org. This is your podcast for ethically navigating your relationships, your community, and yourself for a healthier and happier lifestyle. This is Bella Doll. She is my sunshine full of giggles. And this is Joshua Monsuda, the logic to my emotion and the chaos to my order. So now you know us. Pull up a seat and let's talk our poly off. Welcome back to Talk Your Poly Off. Hello, hello. Last week, we left off with... Dating. We were stuck in dating apps and social networking and how how to go about connecting with someone online since we don't really do the bar scene so much anymore. As a society. Right, right. In typical general terms. Fair enough. And we promised that we would have a second date, and so here it is. <laughs> Conversation number two. So, where do we go from here? We went out, we tried to mingle, we maybe got a line on for our first date. Yeah, we maybe messaged someone on OkCupid, or met them at a polysocial event. Regardless of how, we've now gotten up the nerve, we've asked someone out, and they've said yes. So what happens on the date? Where do we go? Right. So let's just say, when's the, when's the last time... Oh, wait. When's the last time you went on a date with someone that didn't know what Polly was? Oh, man. That was a few years ago. I was attempting to date the general population and found it very difficult to try and explain what polyamory is, let alone get somebody on board and be okay with it who grew up and only knows monogamy. Okay. So it's probably been a good maybe four or five years since I allowed myself to go on a date with someone who was not polyamorous. And I would ask how that went, but you're not with anyone that was monogamous a couple years ago that you're with now. Yeah, no. So apparently not well. Not well, no. What were some obstacles you encountered? As a open relationship, ethically non-monogamous person dating someone who had no idea what this was, it caused, there was a lot of mistrust, um, even though I never gave a reason for mistrusting, I was always very open and transparent with my communication, the other person just was never quite understanding, so they were never quite trusting of the dynamic. I could tell them fully open, hey, I've got this other person I'm talking with right now, and we're not going anywhere, but there is some good discussion happening, and they would get super, super jealous or envious, regard, depending on the situation. And they're all like, let me see your phone. Let me see your screenshots. Yeah. What are you saying? What are you doing? How many times do you guys have sex while you're at work? Yeah, it felt very controlling. Okay. How many times do you have sex at work? <laughs> <laughs> I've had mixed reviews while I was trying to date and meeting people on the dating apps mm -hmm. where there's generally a more monogamous type culture mm -hmm. I would go out with people and I was I was pretty upfront usually they knew that I had a wife before we even went on a date right because I'm not gonna be like oh yeah we're doing it well we're kicking it off by the way <laughs> right so I let into it ahead of time. And, like, there was this one girl in the area that one of the first people I tried to date since moving there. 
the Portland, Vancouver area, we met on one of the dating apps. Right. And I told her I was Polly, and she was like, well, I don't quite get it. I kind of explained it. And I was like, if you're not interested in the date, we don't have to do the date. And she's like, well, you know, I'll give it a shot. Well, well, let's see how it goes. So we went to a bar I like, and we met up, and like, she was into CrossFit. She's like this bodybuilder chick. And, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, as a side note, I'm like, man, I, I really don't want to make her mad because she's going to punch me in the <laughs> face. <laughs> Watch out now. <laughs> but... We we talked and she explained that she read a little bit more about it after our conversation before the date, and she's like, "Well, you know, I don't I don't really like that, and I'm not really down for a sharing of a partner type. When I'm looking for someone, I'm looking for someone for me, and that's totally commendable. If that's what someone's looking for, mm-hmm. fantastic, do that. At least they know what they want. Right, and and it was a little awkward for a minute, and when we talked for a sec, and she's like, "So if you know that." Do you even want to continue doing this date or not? Hmm. I was like, well, I'm down for it if you are, but if you'd rather take off, I get it, and that's cool. She's like, well, let's just hang out and talk. And so we talked for a little while, and and it was more like a get-to-know-you kind of thing. Maybe make a friendship never really happened, but it was kind of a similar scenario where, yeah. it, was, where it was like, I, I, that sounds great for you, but it's not my thing. And I respect that, and I wish more people mm-hmm. were open about their communication and that don't. Don't pretend. I mean, if you want to give it a shot and try it, yeah. that's fine too. And just be open with that, that you're right. not sure how you're going to react. But if you know it's not for you, don't pretend. And don't right. use polyamory to cheat. Just don't. Well, and that was one of the things that I encountered a decent amount of times Yeah. when trying to date. Because at the time, the Facebook groups was just one group. Yeah. And it was relatively small, and it was still finding its way so to speak. So I had, like we talked about last episode, a lot of dating apps. (laughs) A lot. I had like 16, 17 of them up. Yeah. And I'll give one bit of advice as I'm going off on a tangent here. When you're doing dating apps, try to find the good popular ones like (laughs) Tinder or OkCupid or Plenty of Fish. Each one has its own style, its own feel, its own type of Encounter the ones that don't have a lot of downloads also means you're not going to find a lot of people in your area, right? So they're not going to get much for you, I guess. Yeah, so maybe in a big city, if you're in LA, there's probably a likeliness that there's more people on this tiny little app. I could maybe see in LA, but I mean, like a big city because in Portland, some of those apps were still. You know, like you're wandering through the desert. You think you see an oasis, <laughs> but you're not sure. Okay, anyway. So, so I have a question. Yeah. This is going to kind of move to the next kind of section. But so you were talking about how when you were first getting into it with your wife. Uh-huh. Did you guys ever date together? So I'm coming from a different area, right? Okay. So I came into polyamory as a single person. So then that opens up my world of options to, oh, do I want to date a man? Do I want to date a woman? Do I want to date a couple? Do I want to find other groups to connect with? So I have just myself to worry about. You came into it as part of a couple opening up. Right. Did you guys start with dating together or did you start with dating separately? We did start dating together and 
as like you and I have talked a bit, some of our some of our earlier interactions were less relationship building, like intimate romantic going on movies and flowers and you know, and more almost swingery or really good friends with benefits kind right. of scenarios where we didn't use labels and we didn't say, Oh, because we're gonna get together at this party, now we're dating. So how as a couple did you go about asking someone to be involved like that? Again, as a single person, I'm straight up asking someone on a date or do you want to come over and Netflix and chill? Yes. How did you as a couple approach asking the personnel? Well, I think what it really comes down to is I'm a whore. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> oh, I'm proud of it. I love it. Like, like if I can rely on one thing, it's that I enjoy flirting. Right. And I love seeing the beauty in all people. And, and because I love flirting, when, when we would host parties or when we'd have friends over, I'm going to flirt. Like if you, the listener happens to be hanging out at one of our events or one of our parties, there's probably a chance I'm going to flirt with you <laughs> as long as you seem like you are accepting of it. Like I've had friends and, and understand that a lot of these people were people we built great friendships with. Right. It wasn't just like we're inviting random people and being like, hey, let's see your so, bra. <laughs> it was a lot of natural progression oh, mixed yeah. with natural flirting that led somewhere. So you almost didn't have to ask someone on a date or ask someone for a hookup. Well, like I said, a lot of it wasn't wasn't the romantic type. It was, you know, 30 to 50 of my closest friends would come over and we would hang out and when I'm interested in you, I'm obviously going to show you more attention or engage in conversations more right. or what have you. And so that's where I can get a feel for if, if the flirting is a thing that we can do or not. I've had, I've had super close friends that we flirted with from day one, and I've had super close friends that I've never flirted with right. because it comes down to what the other party seems like they want to have from an interaction. It's yeah. like what I said in the last episode, I don't initiate a lot of things mm -hmm. because I don't want to be that creeper guy and because I care about people and I want people to feel comfortable and safe. Yeah. So at the party, we'll just do a scenario here. We have a party. Everyone's having a good time. We've poured a lot of drinks. We've had a lot of food. You know, like, everyone's feeling good, but no one's really drunk. It's, and when I say a lot of drinks, yeah. we're not doing frat party ragers where people are swinging from <laughs> trees, right? Although those have happened, too. <laughs> but, like, everyone's just having a good time. And say this girl over here is someone who I've been friends with a lot, and I'm attracted to. And my wife and I, we would discuss because she's very attracted to women in general. And so it was pretty easy for her to determine, or for me to determine by asking her, you know, what if something happened here or whatever. And then the flirting would happen and it would just, it would just naturally it connect. would just flow. So what about later on in life, after you get past that section, when you do start to date separate 
and you want more romance, totally still sexual aspect, but you, you're thinking you might want more of the romance. How do you go about asking people on dates? And then how did you have that conversation with your existing partner? Actually, I, I do remember a time where, so my wife and I both were on dating apps. Yeah. Initially, we had those those joint profiles that don't feel comfortable. That come across from the single point of view. Oh, those those joint profiles come across as so creepy. Right. You don't know who you're talking to. You don't know if it's what shadiness yeah. is going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Okay. And from the couple side, you want to have full transparency with your partner. So on the couple side, you're like, oh, this is this is full transparency. This is making sure that the partner is completely in the loop. But as as a lot of us learn as we progress in polyamory, there are pitfalls. And definitely the joint profile was a huge pitfall. Right. And it's one, if I could go back and start over, I never would have had one. Yeah. Because I can still provide full transparency to any of my partners by just handing them my phone. Right. Here's the people, I and I don't have a problem doing that. Here's the people I was talking to. You can log into that app. You can do whatever. Yeah. My partners know that they, there's no need to distrust me, so it doesn't happen much. But if it was to happen, sure, go Me for too. it. Yep. Anyway, so yes, we did try a couple of things jointly way back in the beginning. And I remember one time, she, and I think we were just splitting into our separate profiles at that point. Because she was contacting a girl in the town over who was displaying interest. They were having a good conversation. And we all decided to go out on our first date. For the three of us. And I never felt more like a third wheel in my oh, life. Oh, no. Like, they were having great conversation, and, and she, she, being my wife, wanted me there. I was interested in being there. The girl didn't know either of us. She was being friendly. She was being open. She was a great lady. I'm still friends with her on Facebook. We had our first date and I just kept feeling really awkward like why am I even here I should go for a walk or I should but then if I go for a walk what are they going to think if I, like did he get mad right so I just overthought it made it terrible anyway that turned into a really cute date mm -hmm. and we parted that night and I felt like I ruined it by being the third wheel but she got a hold of us again was like hey I really like you two I'd like to go on a second date the second date she came over, we did the thing. <laughs> the third date we went over to her town, did the thing. So I mean like it kind of worked, but there was obviously that whole where a person starts falling for one person more than the other. Right. Or maybe that there was a little bit of awkwardness and that one person didn't think that they could do polyamory. Right. And so for a while we didn't hear from her. She ended up moving on. She got married. She looks like she's doing fantastic. And once in a while we'll like on each other's posts. Yeah. So we ended up as friends. But it was just a little weird. Yeah, the, the triad situation definitely is manageable if you understand that everyone falls at different speeds. Right. You've got like, let's see, A and B's relationship, A and C's relationship, C and B... And then A, B, and C, like there's four different relationships going on when you try and attempt the triad situation. Right. When it works, it's great. Uh -huh. 
It's just so difficult, and everyone has to be so understanding and patient and communicate. So for me, I don't ask people out very often, and I don't know if that's just society's training, and I'm the female, like, you ask me out, kind of a thing. Or if it's just nerves, and I get nervous, and I'm like, hee hee, I don't know what to say. <laughs> but I don't typically do it, and then I get frustrated, and I'm like, oh, nobody wants to date me, instead of just taking the initiative and asking someone out. Right. So, it's definitely an interesting thought process of, oh, no one's asking me, well, step up and do it then, like kind of a thing. But when you do go out on a date, do you talk about other partners? Like, what is your, like, for me, because we're nesting partners, yeah. our whole day revolves around, you know, what's going on in our nesting situation. Right. If I was to go out on a date right now, a lot of my conversation would be about what Joshua and I are doing, or this thing over here. And I would assume and want to hear, if I'm out on a date with another polyamorous person, I want to know all about their wife and their kids and, like, what do they have going on within their poly tribe. Right. So, just for all you listeners out there, as you can hear, Bella has a hard time trying to initiate a date. <laughs> so, maybe hit her on up. <laughs> I figure if I'm going to write your personal ad, I can... Yeah, he does. He writes my personal ads because I just don't... I don't really talk about myself that well. Like it oh, reads, yeah, you do. It reads more like I do all these things and I'm impressing you with my resume. Because you're trying to build a, a business... Well, let's let's not get too carried away. <laughs> I do feel like this is a great episode further down the road. Right. Help Bella Where were find we at? a date. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, how to... How to Okay, so if the date goes into building some kind of a relationship... Oh, how much do you discuss poly? Yeah. That's what you asked. Yeah. I try to I try to be open about it, upfront, transparent. I try to mention it ahead of time. I was going to say, do you front load that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I absolutely do. Trying to date monogamous people, I learned that really quick. Yeah. And I found that when I go to date polyamorous people, it's even easier when you say up front. Hey, I'm really interested in you. I want you to be aware that I am dating. Like right now, I'm dating you, and I'm dating Peaches. Mm -hmm. And so if I was to date another person, that other person has an idea of what bandwidth I've got going on. Right. And then so when we go out on a date, if I just happen to accident, like if they see that you and I are around, and I happen to act, accidentally mention Peaches, or say, oh yeah, me and Peaches did, and they're like, who the hell is that? Right. That way, there's no surprises. Mm -hmm. So I can leave the surprises to, all right, we're done at this place. Let's go to this awesome place instead. Uh, and then that's a surprise that they would enjoy rather than the surprise like, <laughs> oh, we're going to, you know. Anyway, I front load it. And while I do occasionally talk about my partners, I don't fill the conversation. Right. I try to keep it relevant, but I try to keep it short. You get to know them. Mm -hmm. And I always, every time I go out on a date, I say, you're 100% welcome to contact my partners. Right. Each of them, individually, together, with me around, without me around, I don't care. You want to know I'm on the level. You want to know I'm being transparent. Here's their contact information. 
Well, that leads me into the next piece here. How much do you want potential partners and existing partners to interact? For me, I'm all about the kitchen table poly. Uh-huh. I, I really need everyone to get along to a point where we can all hang out, you know? Yeah. Let's, let's cook together, make dinner, and have a game night. I do like that. Or, um, you know, having the bar- barbecues. We have a lot of summertime barbecue parties. And I want everyone to be able to come out, whether it's a 15-person polycule or six of us. You know, like, I want everyone to be able to get along. I've done the siloed thing and learned I'm not so good at it. No, I don't like not. I don't like when another partner wants nothing to do with me. We don't have to be best friends. But if they can't even reach out to help schedule something for our joint partner or feel comfortable enough to say, hey, I want to plan this or I want to do this, or I'm struggling in this. Do you have any advice? Can you help me? Right. Like, I want enough of a relationship where, like, we feel comfortable reaching out to each other, mm-hmm. but we don't have to be best friends. A BFF in a meta is fantastic. You can have cuddle puddles that don't go anywhere. They're just cuddle because it's a, or a meta. Or they do go somewhere. Or they do. Wow. So that's, that's like the extreme of it, which of course would be amazing. Yeah. I just know that I can't silo off and have it completely separate. Well, you might be in trouble then because I can. I know you can. I, I also prefer kitchen table poly. I prefer the concept or the action of all partners getting along, all partners hanging out. My ultimate poly fantasy would be all partners and metas having a D&D campaign right. and sitting around the table playing role-playing games. <laughs> I think that would be oops, amazing. Yeah. With that said, I know that some people have different preferences. And say that I'm interested in this person over here and this person over here is more comfortable not being fully engaged in with their metas. Yeah. I'm willing to, if I, if I'm really drawn to that person, I'm willing to try to adjust to the best of my ability to explore what we have and not have to worry about if this person fits into what we would consider our type or what I would consider my type of poly. And I think that in some instances, Maybe that person doesn't want to be super engaged because A, they're new to it, or B, they got really burnt by a meta, or, you know, any other scenario, and perhaps taking that chance to spend time with them while they're not ready to immerse themselves in your polycule might make it easier for them to learn to grow and trust for the first time or again, and that maybe... It would help them build on things that they didn't know they wanted to build on. Yeah. Or maybe they just don't like it. <laughs> and every once in a while, I wouldn't mind just the one-on-one thing without worrying about, like... The whole polycule. Right. Because, I mean, like, and we go on... I'm going to ramble so hard. <laughs> we go on I'll our personal dates. Peaches go on our personal dates. <laughs> had other partners where I've gone on personal dates. And I spend individual time with the partners, and that's great. Uh, so, 
sometimes all of us together for a barbecue kind of gets overwhelming. Yeah. Where you're like, I've got a pinball between all these people. But see, ideally you wouldn't. Like, ideally, maybe you're hanging out with your new partner, and Peaches and I are over here hanging out, you know? There is no, I have to do this, and I have to go five minutes here, five minutes there. There's no pressure because everyone gets along. I'm too OCD. I've got, I've <laughs> got to do it. I've got to do the thing. <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe I don't. So here's our, our final bit here. Okay. How, and everyone's different. Everyone, Every relationship is different. But how do you go about... Like, when, on timing, do you say, hey, we've gone on two or three dates now. Do you want to meet the family? Like, meet the family. It's, that's kind of what it is, right? It, oh, like, yeah, absolutely. Do you want to meet the tribe, the, the polycule, And whatever. I almost feel like it's more pressure than meeting the parents. Right. Right, because the parents are like, well, you treat my kid right, and we'll be okay. Well, if, right? if your wife doesn't like me, like, they're... What am I gonna do? Is that are you? Do you guys have veto power? Like that's a whole other episode. Yeah, that veto power thing. But I mean, that's a lot of pressure. It when is. I was coming in, when your wife was living here and all your kids were still here except your oldest daughter, and I was coming into the home for a game night or a dinner and a movie, there was a lot of pressure. And I remember leaving and texting, "What did your daughter think of me?" Because she's a teenager, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm nervous. Right. I gotta impress this kid." Right. You know, she's she's best buds with with you and your little mini. She's gotta like me. Well, and that's actually the funny thing because all of my kids, I think, are more protective of me than any of my parents ever could have been. <laughs> so if you're not impressing my children, yeah. you're out. So how how soon into it do you? <laughs> and, bring and not because in? of me. Like they will come to the house with pitchforks <laughs> and torches, <laughs> and they will chase you out. Right. Oh. I mean, I know it's not a hard rule, but is it when you know it's going somewhere, when it's beyond just hook up? I, I, I don't know. Like, I was thinking, like, when would I introduce a person to my partner? And I could do that anytime from the first date on. Right. But, like, bring them home to meet the fam. All the partners, or at least the ones in the area. I want to get past a couple of dates. I mean, I don't want to take every single first or second date home. Right. And then if they're not working out... Just kidding. You know, having, having you or the kids being like, wow, you sure are being a revolving door or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. So when you know it's going somewhere or potentially going somewhere. When I know somewhere. that there's a connection. Yeah. When I feel like this person is someone I want in my life on a regular. Yeah. And someone I can really see growing with. Being part of the family. And that could be, I don't know, three dates, six months. It yeah. really depends. What about you? I like to meet people pretty quickly. I, I'm really big on that energy between humans. And so if I if I step into a house and I, I have great connection with you, but I step into the house and something doesn't feel right, whether it's energy someone else is putting off or whatnot, like, I, I like to know that sooner than later. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty quick to meet people. And then, you know, maybe I maybe I meet you and your partners, and I like your partner more than I like you. You know? You never know what's going to happen, connection-wise. That's fair. And I think that's, in poly, that's probably <laughs> a pretty cool thing to happen, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. So I know this episode, we've talked about all sorts of things, like different 
relationship styles like the silo and the kitchen table poly. And we've talked about like the triad situation. And then when I mention things like, is it going somewhere? That's a whole episode on the relationship escalator and where do things need to go? Oh, relationship escalator. <laughs> so we've got all these topics coming up that we have ready to record for future episodes. But I think this one kind of wraps up our what's polyamory? What questions do you have? How do you make the first steps and where do you go from there? Yeah, and if you don't feel like you got it quite yet and you feel like you could use a little bit of extra help, you're always welcome to email me, Monsida, at PacificNorthwestPolyamory.com. Or me at Bella at PacificNorthwestPolyamory.com. And let's open a conversation. Let's have some dialogue. We're here to help. I mean, that's why we're doing the podcast. That's why we do everything that we yeah. do. Because we care about the community and we want to build it. And if you're new to the community or if you're a part of it and, and even gaining an iota of insight out of these or... Or if we can connect you to someone who knows a certain topic more than we do. Right. Reach out. Uh, go check out our website. It's uh, PacificNorthwestPolyamory.com. Right. There is no www, so don't confuse that. Oh, really? Really. It's just PacificNorthwestPolyamory.com. All of our contact information's there. There's currently going to be a, a subscribe to the email list, and you'll get a free download Whoa. of our kitchen table talk template for communicating. Uh, yeah, check it out. Find us. And we will get back to you with any questions or concerns you've got. There's no www. I know. Huh. Oh my gosh, real quick, he saved damned. my life before this episode oh, from this tiny little black jumping spider. I was so scared. I don't like spiders and snakes. And I thought it was going to kill the dog because it was on the blanket on the dog. <gasps> oh my god, now, I almost died. Fairness, jumping spiders are probably the cutest animal on the planet. They're little fuzzy things, but they scare the crap out of me. And they just jump around doing cute spider things. Jump around. Jump around. And we hung out and I held him for a whole long oh, time. Oh, man, you touched his web. Oh. oh, yeah. All right. I think it's time to go get some dinner. Okie dokie. Thank you, Polly M. Fan, for tuning in. And I can't wait to be talking your Polly off next week. See you then. Thank you for talking your Polly off with Bella. And Monsina. You can find our Facebook page in the links. Or by searching for I Love Polly and liking the page Polyamory Get Your Heart On. You can also find I Love Polly on Instagram and Twitter by searching I Love Polly Cares. If you want us to help you navigate to all of our online presence, check out the show notes or come on over to ilovepolly.org. We would love to hear from you. That's right. And you can get in touch with us by emailing podcast at ilovepolly.org. That's singular podcast, not plural. So until our next discussion, Polly and fam, live like there's no tomorrow, laugh until it hurts, and, and love, love without, without limits. limits.